Welcome to episode 32 of Q the Duck Boats podcast. Welcome in Mr. Connor Green and welcome in Kevin. How are you both doing today? And Kevin, give us a number 32. I'm going to have to go with uh, one Jonathan Quick of the Los Angeles Kings. Good old Connecticut yeah, boy. fantastic I today. Doing Great. Fantastic. We'll, we'll, you know, we'll segue right into our local Connecticut boy, Mr. Connor Green. Hey, hey, hey. Back in action, baby. Ready to go. Right off a long, how many hours did you drive yesterday? 16 hours back home to make it make it ready for duck boat recording season. That's that's some real unreal commitment, I have to say. So the hockey world's been kind of crazy the last couple of days. I think we'll get into pretty much all of it, but as always, we can start with our start with our Boston area, start with our dirty water section. So we can get started with that. And then from here we'll kind of jump into the draft, free agency, and just what teams we see on the rise and what teams we see starting to regret regress, you know, and then also I think we'll get a little pulse check of what we're hearing around the league. So let's get right into it. We'll start off with our dirty water here and we'll start talking about them Bruins. So, right. When I think about the Bruins and what they did over the last couple of days, it, it really all circles around the trade they made, right? Because they really didn't do anything in free agency to make us feel any type of way. But the Bruins came out and early on free agency day, they traded Eric Halla for Pavel Zaka. Um, how do you both, how do you both feel about that? I think it's a great trade. You're getting rid of a aging veteran who's 31 years old, has one year left on his contract. Getting a 25-year-old restricted free agent that hasn't even hit his prime yet, and he knows he's a lot more to offer than what he did in his seven years in New Jersey. And he's ready to come into Boston and show that he can be better. He can be the player everyone thought he would be when he was drafted six overall in 2015. So I'm excited for it. I'm just really – I think he can be good. I think he can be that 20-goal-plus, 50-point-plus player. And that's exactly what Boston needs, especially from a young guy. So going forward. I like it. Let's see if he shows up. Yeah, for me, um, I think it it tips the hand for what Don Sweeney is banking on happening. Um, and I, I will say, as far as the, the Eric Halla part of this deal, this is kind of what I had in mind last offseason when I saw Sweeney sign two- to three-year deals. You know, I saw the, okay, well, these are going to be really easy deals to move every off season, if you want to shake and bake somebody and get out of a deal, there's yeah. a lot of players on an expiring contract right now. Um, the only thing for Zaka that kind of doesn't make sense to me is he's a restricted free agent without a contract. Uh, he's and, been paid. Well, he's, he's got the, the qualifying offer. Yeah. So it roll, it rolls forward. But, so the Bruins uh, have information without a doubt that I would think that he's either going to sign his QA or that he's going to come in at a good number. There's no way they didn't speak with him on it. But but with the cap space being as tight as it is currently, and yeah. the Bruins are you know supposedly going to sign two more veteran players, I mean, the, the cap is uh, getting pretty tight. So Well, the we cap, heard- so he can't sign his QA right now because the Bruins don't have the cap space. His QA, I think, is three even or three one or three and change. So we don't even have the space for him to sign it. So the Bruins have to move out some money, and there's no question about it. Obviously, he could have a handshake deal in place that he could sign on day one once they move people to LTIR because you have till I think, October 8th to sign those QAs, which obviously like he could 
if he could do that then or something like that. It's some I, October 8th might even be too soon. I think you have to a certain point to sign that qualifying offer. I think that's what makes everything more exciting around the Boston Bruins is you know they need cap space. So yeah, so know, something has to change. Yeah, something has to happen. So it's just a wait and see at this point. Like we're still what four days out of opening a free agency. So yeah, yeah, and I, I mean I look at it right, and as Connor alluded to, we're hearing from multiple sources that Bergeron's most definitely coming back, and Krejci seems like he is also. We're gonna have to give them some credit when they we do see their deals because they are gonna be for pennies. I can guarantee you that these guys are not making a bag. They've made their money and they're clearly just laying their nuts on the table and trying to go win hockey games, right? So like you can't really can't blame them at all. Um, and I just want to say that when I told everybody that these contracts are gonna be for near league, minimum yeah, I said you were wrong. I players, I got butchered. Not by crazy, but I I didn't. I wouldn't even really talk about Krejci, I guess, where I argued with you. But on Bergeron, I thought absolutely not. Like, I, I mean, I thought it'd be cheap. Like, I thought it'd be like three or four million, but I don't think it's going to be anywhere near that. I think he might play for 800K. So, like, it's just, I mean. His like, contract might end up being close to $6 million because it's going to be in performance yeah, bonus, bonuses. Yeah, exactly. Which <laughs> is what it is. I mean, he'll Keep hit him. the bucket down the road. Yeah. And I mean, I think both Bergeron and Krejci, just to give the overall update from what we're hearing, are both going to sign. It's just going to take time for the Bruins to move the money around. If, I mean, Pavel Zaka in his interview said Bergeron called him and said he can't wait to play with him and see him at camp. So, like, you know Bergeron's coming back. It's no secret. Like, they're every time they bring up Bergeron, every one of the Bruins brass are smiling and they're like, things are going good. It's like, guys, we know you have a deal in place. We know you're trying to move money. Just, it's, it's, it's all right. They're coming back. But my biggest question is looking at this roster from top to bottom. What do you see that they're still missing? And let's let's take the roster as three months into the season healthy. What is this team missing? Ooh. I'll let Connor go first. Um, assuming – so in this scenario, we're assuming that Bergeron and Krejci are signed – and we're and assuming that players play roster. to expectation, not above, just to what we expect. To expectation. Here's the thing: is Zaka going to play wing? I I think if you don't move Coil, I think Zaka does move over to the wing, and he plays on Coil's wing. I would assume. I think so they'd that, be a good fit there. They're big. That makes your fourth line a mix of McLaughlin, Frederick, Nosek, and Felino. Yeah. And I would rather I, – I want you to hear me out for a second. How does a third line look that has Zaka, Coyle, and Frederick? Big, a fourth line? Third line, sorry. Third line of Zaka, third Coyle, line. and Frederick. That's a pretty good third line. But that so means you have to move Craig Smith's contract. I think you're going to move him. At so one do year I. At one year at 3.1. I think you yeah. are going to move him. Yeah. I think your, your, your trade should be from the third line, whether it be Coyle or Smith. Or you've got to move one of Mike Riley, who seems to be kind of the odd man out on the back end, because he's got a three million dollar ticket. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, he's going to get a lot of opportunity this year with injuries on the back end. And he could so, shut us up. He does have talent. He, he does have an talent. injury too. Get yeah. ankle surgery. Yeah. So I think what I would say is the lacking need on this Bruins roster will be size and grit. And that's where I look, right? And I agree. But then if we have a third line of Coyle, Zaka, and Frederick. 
That's not enough that's, grit. But that's a big freaking line. Yeah. That's a big line. You're not gonna mess with that line. Yeah, so you're really not. Six six three two ten. If Forbert yeah. and if Derek Forbert is finding his stride, and remember how he looked in the playoffs for us, if Forbert can play that style hockey for at least a quarter if of the year, if you can give me Trent Frederick from two years ago, yeah, that's I'll I know buy that's it. what that's if I mean, you give me the Trent Frederick post neuterization from the Boston Bruins, no, thank you. I don't they see, took away his effectiveness. I don't see Jim Montgomery neutering Trent Frederick. I think we're going to yeah. see Trent Frederick start to really come into his own under Montgomery. I think if anyone's going to be in a good situation, it's going to be him and Jake DeBrusque. He's right, a guy right. who's – he's a player's coach who has said clearly he's going to let the dogs run. Like you're going to see Pasta doing moves. You're going to see Marshy doing moves. There's going to be a little less defense and a little more offense. And they're still going to play with structure. But look at Sagan. Look how, if you watch Sagan under Jim Montgomery, it'd make you feel pretty good about how our guys with some skill are going to play because he lets guys play hockey. He's not gonna, you're not going to get sat seven shifts if you make a mistake because yeah, that it, it, hurts. it just doesn't work that way. Like I mean, for myself, right, when I played, obviously at a much lower level than this, I had trouble with coaches who wouldn't let me be creative. And like for me, it made it so I would then be in my own head and I would play terrible. Like I needed the ability to just – make mistakes because I made mistakes. Like it was just, I think in, even at the higher level, it's the same mental thought. Like you need to be, you need to let the, let the puppies run. If the puppies yeah. can't run, they're going to get all cramped up. And I think the defense for the Bruins, honestly, with a coach who will let the offense flow, we have some seriously good offensive defensemen on the back end. With yeah. Grizzlick, Lindholm, McAvoy, and we're going to get a full year of Lindholm. Everybody forgets that he was the trade trade deadline acquisition. People are forgetting we have a top two defenseman no one really gets to watch play. That guy is a stud. Like, don't get it twisted. The Bruins were chasing him for years every time he was rumored to be available. I'm going to expect big things from the back end. My concern is the Bruins don't have anybody who will punish you. Like, we can talk about, you know, Four. tough physical players that run Four around and forecheck. But what I'm looking for out of a Boston Bruins team is for one to two players to see somebody in the corner and absolutely light them up. And, and that's, that's not there. You would opinion. hope you're going to get that out of Brandon Carlo and guys that size, but you're not. You're not getting that out of Carlo. Forbert can do it, and Clifton can do it but they need to play at the level they played in the playoffs for a whole year. Anyone who watched them play could sit and say, guys, it's this simple. You two can either work your way out of the lineup this year and work your way down in your NHL career, or you two can play the way you played together in the playoffs and become household names in Boston. It's that, it's that simple. I loved the hockey both those guys played. In. I haven't forgotten. They're completely out of my doghouse start the year. If they can just replicate that. Can you play with that intensity for a whole year? No. no. But can you play at a level around there, higher than the level they showed us for most of last year? Most definitely, yeah. Like, those guys can lay the wood. Cliffy's not the biggest dude, but you don't want to get hit by Cliffy Hockey. I mean, a a, a good example of what I'm looking for is that playoff run Chris Wagner. Yeah. Who got on the ice and tried to truck everybody he got the opportunity Does Wags have a year left on his deal? Yeah. Yeah. Wagner's a guy who could make this team. On the, in the fourth line. He really could. It, I mean, it's going to be up in the air. Uh, I think right now, like I saw projections of like a fourth line of Frederick Steen and 
Felino, something like that, or Nosek. But we got to, again, and I think we've talked about this in our group chat enough with the Bruins. There, There is this weird level of not enough depth, but too much depth, the wrong kind of depth. We have too many guys who could play in the NHL. The problem is we need to find the right mix and stick with it and then move on from the guys who aren't going to be in that mix and aren't going to be our depth guys. We don't need six guys who can play in the NHL playing in Providence. As much as it'd be fun to go watch games for a $9 ticket, I'd rather some second and third round picks stocked up. You know what yeah. I mean? And unfortunately with our, uh, our Bruins free agent frenzy, that is exactly what Sweeney did. We just got a bunch of AHL fourth and fifth line players. I was yep. like, great. The only guy that interests me is this AJ Greer. Have you taken a look at like his stats in like in the HL? No. So he's like, so when they called him like a scorer, right? And people are like, ah, he only has like three goals ever. He his like AHL stats are better than what I think most people are realizing. So he's he's a left wing, he's 25 years old, he's 6'3, 210. He's a second round pick. He had 22 goals and 30 assists last year in the HL. He was a point-per-game player with 102 penalty minutes. That sounds like a lot of our AHL players who struggle to crack that NHL I know. lineup. I know. I mean, again, he wasn't playing it for the Devils, so like, it's not the best. He played now, nine games and only had two points. I'll throw this handicap in here for me uh, when we have this conversation. I've been on vacation since the second day of the NHL draft, so I kind of just – mulled over some of these things haven't really been too in tune with it but to be honest one of my biggest huh moments was keith kincaid yeah weird yeah i know kincaid i thought the same thing because kincaid is an nhl level backup and he's probably gonna play in the ahl unless they decide to put swayman in the ahl for a full season which i don't see happening what there's no chance that happens anymore yeah so you know, does that open up the opportunity for, you know, maybe a goalie move? Or does Keith Kincaid become your number one in Providence? He is your number one Kyle Kaiser. To be honest with you, I'm looking at his stats, and I know that we need none of the three of us have done this. He played one game in the NHL last year, six games the year before, and six games the year before. So we're thinking yeah. about Keith Kincaid of 2017 and 16 and 15. He played with the Devils, right? Or did he play no, in the Rangers? Rangers? Montreal, he had six games. He played 10 games total with the Rangers over two years. Well, you also got to look at that situation. You have Georgiev and Shesterkin there through that period. Yeah, so but I mean, I think that's that tough to crack. I would take both Swayman and um, Olmark over Georgiev. So I don't really. I'm not. I, I would so. say that's pretty comparable across the board between them. Right now, I guess I, I would consider Georgiev and Olmark comparable. I'd take Swayman over him just because of. So, super hot Georgiev. take. Georgiev's going to be better one of the best goaltenders. I, I watched in the him league. play. Um, I Especially actually saw him play early on in his career when he was in the AHL, when he played against Providence. And I was like, who the heck is this guy? I remember yeah. him. Yeah, like he is, he's an athletic, talented goalie. I don't disagree with that. But I also, I mean, I like our goalies. I don't, the Bruins don't have a goaltending issue. That's not the problem on this team, really, to me. But yeah, true. It, it just was one of the ones that made me go, hmm. I know. I, I thought the same thing. But now that I really look into it as we record, I'm like, eh, I don't know. I, I think that Pavel Zaka for Arakala makes the Bruins a better team. If we also have David Krejci and we have, and we have uh, Bergeron, it, it's a better team. It's an all-around better team. It's that simple. But 
We'll have to wait and see if it's enough. Let's get into the draft. Let's get into the drafty draft draft. Draft day surprises. There was a few of them. I think I called most of them. You guys want to start, Connor? What surprised you the most? Um, to be honest with you, the number one overall pick, I did not think for the life of me that they would let Shane Wright slip being the Canadian boy. Um, you know, being able to potentially go to Montreal, I didn't see that happen. Um, <laughs> we all kind of picked, you know, where Logan Cooley fell at number, number three, uh, Nemich, I believe it was at number two, was kind of a shocker to me. And then, to be honest, I told you they want they were looking at him. Yeah, right. Fall was just kind of one of those weird things. I'm going to be honest with you here. I was pretty sure Slavkovsky was going to Montreal. I said that Shane Wright not going to New Jersey makes some sense, I guess, because they could use defensemen. They have young centers. Like they don't like they they do have Hughes, Keisher, and Dylan Mercer, who's playing wing, but is also a center. They don't exactly yeah. need centers. They got to you know, and they maybe were planning on trading for Arakala. They have centers, right? And now their future is Luke Hughes and Nemitz as yeah, their top. Which is line. great. No, they're going to be good. Top pairing, yeah. And Dougie Hamilton. I don't right, agree exactly. with. Arizona probably should have took Shane Wright. As much as I'm high on Logan Cooley and I really like him. I think, I think that I think I can't think right now. I'm thinking that Shane Wright might they might regret that, but we'll have to find out. Yes and no. Uh, I think Cooley has the skill set and the talent to be equally as good as Shane Wright. I think it's going to come down to does Shane Wright get pissed off by the fact that he was passed over? Oh, did you see his? down when he got drafted he says that it wasn't a stare down but it's kind of damning when you look at the video that's for sure oh yeah <laughs> he stared him right down it's hard to say he didn't stare him down yeah but i mean i don't know it, it, it was a crapshoot um i think this was you know overall just kind of looking at it from a bird's eye view this was probably the most exciting draft that i've seen in the last decade you know, with the city that it was in, who had the first round pick, the trades that were made, then of course the absolute chaos of who's getting picked where because it was completely random from the drop. You know, it was just a really exciting draft. I really wish I could have been there in person. That was probably uh, an electric atmosphere at the Bell Center. Oh yeah, no. I wish someone didn't ruin our ability to go to the draft for us. But yeah, no. I I really would have liked to be there. It looked like a great time. I, I plan on going to the next couple drafts, and maybe we'll be able to get some live content from them. That's for sure. But yeah, it, it was the, for the first time in a while we had the ability to look and see that there we didn't know who all the picks were going to be, and we didn't know that. We didn't have a for sure number one. It's been years since we haven't had a for sure number one. And we get to see some actual drama where people were getting moved around and things were happening and we didn't know what was going to happen. I saw 18 tweets that Don Sweeney was trading back into the first round. That surely didn't happen because that would just be asking too much out of Don to trade back into the first round. Right. I, I thought he would at one point. but then I'm Yeah, like, I saw it. It was like 14 to 15 pick. They said that he was going to come in. 
But I think the prices would have been too much. Yeah. Like, the reality with this draft, and I mean this, nobody knew these kids. This is the group of kids who lost a major year of their development to COVID and then lost another half a year to COVID. After those first like four picks, no one has a damn clue where any of these kids are going to project to be. Like, like really, like the Bruins second round pick, he could end up being pretty good. Like they're like people are like, they, I guess he had a good week in development camp, portrays or whatever. Well, I think we should let Kevin kind of go into some of the Bruins picks at least for the. Yeah, I don't really know following. any of them. Do you? Do you have you have some info on those guys, Kev? Are you ready for that? No, not really. But what I did read about some of them, like I like it. it's like our defensemen, like we got the later rounds. Like there's some big boys, some big boys from Canada. And I think Sweeney's finally trying to start to address that issue. Like, I think both they're both like six three, but you had to expect it. Like we took three straight centers to be in the draft. Something you need to address. But then I'm the biggest guys. Everyone's like, oh, they're five ten. Like the average height of a NHL forward is like six feet. So it's like it's not end of the world. They're five ten, five eleven. I really like Cole Spicer. You read about the guy. He's a gritty guy. I think he's going to play in Minnesota Duluth this year. Yeah. He's um, placed in the national development program, too. Yeah, so I like the picks we had. Uh, you knew a little about the goalie, right? Nope. Oh, I've, got not, I've got His name nothing on that. the Bruins draft. I just know that he's... D-Y-C-K, which I'm pretty sure is pronounced Dick. So I just know that uh, one of our sister shows on the network, Bruins Benders, went... Uh, full tilt into the, the dick joke, so I'll refrain. Oh. Um, Maybe listen to their pod. Maybe they have more Bruins in-depth info than we did on this one. To be honest with you guys, Kevin's coming off working like 15 days straight till 10 at night. I'm coming off vacation and Connor's coming off vacation. <laughs> We're not exactly at our sharpest of points. But still, yeah, just, we, we, I mean, we've just actively watched like the major stories. So, I mean, we'll probably keep this brief and keep it, keep it moving through before we. I did write an article about Matthew Poitras. Oh, you say that last name. Yeah. We'll link it to the pod and people can read yeah, it. We'll link be it. Helpful. Some good info. He He's actually a player. I really like, he just, played yeah, he out. seems like a two way center who probably. Yeah. He's an OHL guy. Like, Are you a I'm big saying, OHL fan, Kev? You prefer they, they go they, to the OHL? I just, uh, I like some OHL, some WHL, you know. What about the Q? Are you a fan of the QMJ or no? Too many letters. Oh, yeah, no, I agree. I thought <laughs> that would be a lot for you. All right, boys. Who won free agency? Ooh, um, Detroit. Yeah. I think Detroit makes some moves. Cop? I mean, Cop, yeah. Ben Chirac, Pissick. Um, then... Uh, David Perron. Um, there you go, Perron. Shoot, who else? I'm missing another big name. Uh, Dominic Kubelik. Yeah, they got they some signs. The they they, they found that balance win. of veterans and the young talent. I'm going with Ottawa. Ottawa to me won the won the weekend, I guess, between what they did with the draft and with the with free agency. I think the Brinkett and Giroux adds so much talent to that organization that they're going to really be on the right. They're moving in the right direction. I think we all can agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the the two teams being Detroit and Ottawa, especially being in in our division, that uh, that's going to be a tough one. 
Uh, so just looking at it real quick to go through the Red Wings, I still think they're my favorite just for strictly free agency. Mark Pissick, Ali Mata, Andrew Kopp, Austin Zarnick, Matt Luff. Austin David, Zarnick, Bruins legend. David Perron, Ben Sherratt, Dominic Kubalik. Um, and that's it. Yeah, that's that's the wrap up. And then also they traded for Vili Huso's rights and signed him. So now they have a pairing of Huso and Nadelkovic, which I personally think, and this is going to be a hot take, that is going to be the best skilled tandem in the Atlantic Division. Who? Huso and Nadelkovic. That's pretty athletic too. They got some talent there. I agree. No, there. I mean, we they, the the Atlantic Division is by far now the strongest division in hockey, and it's not even close. Our two yeah. basement, our three basement feeder teams have made huge strides forward. Huge strides forward. Like, I mean, Kirby Doc in Europe, Slavkovsky joining the Montreal Canadian Canadians cannot be just pushed to the side. I think Doc's going to flourish there. He's a Canadian boy. I think he's going to like playing in Montreal, like playing under the bright lights with all those crazy fans. He's a cocky little bastard. I think that's he's going to do good there. And I think Slavkovsky is a machine. You watch him ride the bike. It was it was scary. I was frightened. <laughs> it made me feel like I should never get back on a bike again because I don't really know how to ride one. So I don't like a Montreal is going to be legit. The Bruins going back to the Bruins are going to they're going to have to battle to make the playoffs, and they know that. The Bruins are not going to make the playoffs next year. I I don't I disagree. They will because not be a lottery team. That's but that's they the will problem. not make that's the so playoffs. Depressing. They either need to make the playoffs or be a lottery team. I have no in between that I'll be okay with. We'll see. I don't just I don't I'm not going to say the Bruins aren't. I we have to see how it all shakes out. We have to see how this team looks with the new players and all. Well, you're not going to have Marshan and you're not going to have big McAvoy. Problem. Huge for problem. at least until the end of November into December. So if December. they can float around playoffs till then, I think we make the playoffs. But you have to you have to stay alive till then. But let's jump, let's get off the Bruins. Let's look at how about how about the fact that Kadri's still not signed? Yeah, that's yeah. that that's a surprising one, but uh I, I think forget. he wanted big money and he ain't getting it. Well, no, so what I had heard yesterday, sorry well, Kev. Uh, I listened to some podcasts, obviously, on my 16-hour drive home, and I was hearing a lot of Cadre's got offers on the tables from teams who have to move some money first to be able to sign him. So it looks like it's going to take a little bit longer to get to the payload for Cadre. But, Kev, yeah. go ahead. What were you going to say? I was, was going to say, I was looking, at, I was looking at Twitter this morning when I woke up, and that was like the biggest thing was teams looking to make money. I believe the Flames did offer him, and he did turn that down. So, so trying to replace Johnny G, but we're gonna get into that cut. next. That's a great segue, Kev. Johnny Goudreau chose to go to the Columbus Blue Jackets in a move which the three of us would have bet our lives wouldn't have happened. Dude, he left so much money on the table. It's so he really did. showing it's not about money. He so did, he, but he didn't. He did, but he didn't. Yeah, he did, but he didn't. He didn't leave that much money on the table. They're pretty much the same deal because of taxes. That's yeah, true. so I heard the calculation broken down um, yeah. on Frank Saraballi's DFO rundown. And if you take the, the taxes in Canada versus what it is here and what he was making, 
technically he left the gross 15 to 17 million dollars on the table but after tax money it was really only about two million dollars of a difference in yeah. his own pocket it was which crazy. when you're you know an nhl player making that kind of money two million dollars is bad to say is kind of peanuts it's a couple cars and jo- I mean, Johnny Goudreau is not someone. He's a flashy dude. But he's definitely he's like he's wearing that Gucci flow, bro. Louis. Yeah, he's he's a flashy dude. But I just I I actually can't believe that he chose to go to Columbus. I really thought like everyone. It's funny because you get this. Everyone's like he's such a quiet guy, Johnny Ham and Cheese. But he he is and he isn't. Like Johnny Hockey is a flashy human. Like I think people are kind of forgetting like young Johnny Hockey, like chugging beers and videos and all that stuff you know what i mean but eh, columbus isn't as bad of a city i'm hearing as we all make it out to be in connor you've been there right i haven't but i mean ohio is probably one of the nicer places to be in my opinion like people just talk like it's so terrible to be but like it's a super safe nice city like it's a smaller nice safe city and i think that because it doesn't have like because columbus doesn't have these major teams right like like Cleveland does, that people just think like that it's a shithole. When I, I really don't think it is. There's never been a guy other than a Russian who was like, I don't want to live here. I want to go to New York. You know what I mean? Like we don't like, yeah, Panera yeah. wanted to leave. And Duchesne much wanted like Duchesne wanted to go play his guitar down in Nashville. And Panera wanted to go be in a big city where it was easier access to Coke and cheap Louie. Like, and <laughs> much like Panera where one of his main reasons to want to play in, you know, New York or LA was because his girlfriend is a model. Um, Panarin? Also, yes, Panarin. With Johnny Hockey. So you're saying it wasn't Coke and Louie? I mean, it could be the Coke and the Louie, but his girlfriend had some input too. Uh, Johnny Hockey's wife is a pediatric nurse. Yeah. And there is a pretty sizable children's hospital in the Columbus area. So that on top of her being pregnant, moving closer to their family who lives yeah. on the East Coast – you know, people, it, I love people like he didn't move near Jersey or Philly. Like it's not an hour flight. It's like, guys. Yeah. Like, or it, you get like, in the car and you drive hour, four hours. hours. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, it's not, I'm like, no, it's, it's actually not comparable. Like it is close. It's still close. I, I mean, and I don't think Philly. So from what I heard from Elliot Friedman, Philly never made this big offer. Everyone's saying there's no proof Philly ever offered him 10.5. They, they didn't do it. They looked at their Jersey roster. offered him 10.5. No, they didn't. They didn't no. either. Jersey they offered him 9.25. Jersey yeah. didn't oh. offer him that big contract everyone's reporting. Friedman and uh, Merrick talked about it. Like these things that these guys, and they're like, they, they both said they hate to do this. Like they hate to say that other insiders are wrong, but they're wrong. Like no one was offering Johnny Goudreau 10.5 million and he was saying no. Like it just wasn't well, happening. Well, the Flames Calgary got up to yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Calgary. Yeah. But none of these other teams were. And it wasn't, it wasn't even about the money. It was about the quality of life and the team. And there are a lot of young talent in Columbus. Columbus is not going to suck forever. They've been quietly stockpiling draft picks. The problem is, and this is just a reality of our game and like us being Americans, we don't know a lot of the names on that team because Euro Kekalainen is pretty good with European scouting. There's going to be a lot of young Euros on that team with some talent. And Goudreau did his research from what I heard. And he Yeah, he, I never hear what he nice. said. Yeah. The thing is he played with Zach Wierenski in in Eric Robinson's over 15 to 20 years, he said. He was yeah. those two having that connection there. And he's like, I've never been to clubs before I got to the NHL. 
And when I yeah. went there, I was like, wow, this is a fun place to play in. Yeah. So he's happy. Hey, he's like, he, he talked remember, to Cam Atkinson. That's what I so texted like, you to right away. I was like, unless he's boys with Wierenski. And then he came out and said he was. They probably grew up playing yeah. within like the same programs and stuff. Yeah, they played in both championships together. It's Columbus has the goaltending. Yep. They've got Patrick Line there. Yep. They've got Zach Wierenski there. Now you add Johnny G. And they have and, Cole Sillinger, who's a very up-and-coming young player. Which I believe he was involved in the Seth Jones trade from Chicago. I mean, he was a draft pick. I think I don't I don't know. I think they picked him. I don't know. I could be wrong, but I thought he was involved in the um the Seth Jones trade. But no, yeah, he was they they drafted him in twenty twenty one. They did? Yeah. Sorry. Twelfth overall last oh year. All yeah. right. <laughs> He's good um, though. Yeah, either way, I mean they've got a lot of young talent and a lot of young picks coming up. Um they can multiple first round picks. I don't know. I mean, for me, I feel like the first three to four years of this deal are going to be absolutely horrible for Johnny Hockey. <laughs> yeah. Um, but reports are that they've sold double the amount of season ticket packages that they normally do this time of year since the signing. So, you know, just the season oh, yeah. ticket Cole packages Sillinger. alone. Cole Sillinger's from Columbus, Ohio. Huh. Yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. Wait, Cole Sillinger played in the NHL last year at 16 goals and 31 assists at 18 years old. Huh. That's how much we don't watch <laughs> Columbus play hockey. These kids are stunned. He Columbus 30- is one of those anonymous cities in the NHL. It's so bad. They had a rookie last year with 16 goals and 15 assists at 18 years old that we didn't know who he was. <laughs> they're like the Winnipeg Jets of the American teams, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. They're there, but you you don't really focus on them. They just do their thing, and they go this about life. This kid's going to center Goudreau, I guarantee it. He's a center. And he's going to probably have like 60 points. 60 points. Because they'll slap him between Goudreau and Line A. This kid's going to get a bag in a couple of years because of Johnny Goudreau. Get, I might get, get a cold cylinder ASAP. shirt. I might get a cold <laughs> cylinder shirt just out of the disrespect we just did for him. <laughs> I mean, let's talk about one of the other like important things out of this scenario. Calgary and Maddie Kachuk. What the hell is going to happen now? Oh, he's gone. He's out. I think he's gone. There's no way he stays. I think that Maddie Kachuk is going to go to either of these three cities. He's going to become an L.A. King. He's going to become a St. Louis Blue. Or he's going to become a Boston Bruin. Add I'm, not thinking, I'm not thinking monetarily at all. There's an outside chance he'd go play with his brother, if that's what you're trying to add in the Ottawa Senators. Yes. 100%. I think those four teams are the teams he would want to play for, and his play style would flourish. I don't think he fits in Boston monetarily or anything. We'd have to do some crazy moves. That's just me being pipe dreaming. Let me ask you a question because I thought about this yesterday. I'd take him over pasta if that's the question. I was going to say, would you trade him one for one pasta for Kachuk? Yes, all day. You wouldn't? I think I would. I, I, I mean, I guess not all day. It's pretty close, but I just like to chuck a little better as a player like on both ends of the ice. 
And that being said, Pasta last year really did start to step up defensively. And if he keeps developing his game in that direction, Pasta's getting better. He really is. So I don't – they're actually pretty comparable. I think they're going to almost have the same contract. It would almost be a wash. Really? Yeah, but, I mean, you hear that Pasta – like, I'm still hearing these reports that Pasta doesn't want to stay in Boston because of Don Sweeney. And I don't, I don't that know if that's true or not. However, they still have yet to talk money on a contract extension. That's weird. He did say that he would email uh, Ty Anderson when he starts to talk about money. That was funny. Sweeney was kind yeah. of a dick in that press conference when they were like pressing him on pasta. And it's like, buddy, buddy boy, you have a right. Like, like these guys are going to ask you questions about the best player, we've, the best offensive player we've had in the last since Sagan. Like what? Like I mean, yeah. Other than Brad, who we always knew was going to be a Bruin because he just bleeds black and golds. So he's going to always sign a contract. And I do believe Pasta wants to be a Boston Bruin. And his agent has said, like, hey, he wants to be a Bruin. Like, there's no like, and I do think he does. But I think there has to be some guys who look at Sweeney and are like, fuck you. Like I, I, no, I mean, Pasta wants to be a Bruin, but Pasta's like best friends on this team were Krejci, Tori Krug, and Jake DeBrusque. Luckily, DeBrusque has changed his mind. Luckily, Krejci seems to be coming back. But so for Pasta for the extension, right? And you know, not signing the extension. Who the hell is going to play center on this team going forward? Would be my number one ask. If I am David Pasternak, maybe that's why they went out and got another Czech center. Oh yeah, Pavel Zaka. Grew up with him and played with him. Told you that. Yeah, he's only, he's only a year older than him. You have like, to realize that Zaka. Like, I I really think that move had a lot to do with the Bruins want to be like, hey, Pasta, we just got you a guy you get to play your career with. He's from your country. Who right. is? He grew I, up I with too. Is Zaboral? Yeah, he was boys with Zaboral. So they were like four. I, I have no problem with the Bruins filling up on checks. They're like talented guys who usually have some grit to them. We could fill the team up with checks. <laughs> it's going to be like Steve Eiserman and signing Russian players. We're just going to have a ton of checks that nobody knows who they are, and they come out and they're absolutely dynamite. Luckily, our checks are pretty well known. <laughs> like we have, our checks are all top ten picks, other than Pasta, I guess. Right? Or I guess is it more on the eleventh pick? The Boston Bruins, aka the Chechia National Development Team. Yeah. <laughs> ah, that's great. Like next year, we're gonna have four checks playing on this team. Uh huh. It is interesting. The Bru- I mean, we just keep going back to the Bruins, much as we're like trying not to. But the Bruins are gonna be interesting. They're gonna be interesting. I just have a couple more things before we wrap up here. Um, oh, we got more than a couple. This is going to be heavy on time, my guy. Have more? What do you have more? What were things yeah, you have? Touch on the West, bro. I know. Lost I, free agency. It right. was the worst team in free agency. The worst team in free agency. The Boston Bruins signed a bunch of doorknobs. Florida Panthers for me. Who'd they sign? They signed exactly. Mark, Mark Stahl to a contract, and they gave Eric Stahl a PTO. A PTO. Is that it? Is that all they did? And they lost out on Giroux, Marchment, and Ben Sherratt. I they think it was Weger, too. Is Weger signed? He has a year left on his deal, um, but it sounds like they're 
entertaining the idea of moving him. Oh, they lost they don't Noel know if they can sign him. In. Sign him. They lost the Chari. Did he go to Toronto? Columbus? No, not Columbus. Columbus? Jesus, St. Louis. Louis. He went to St. Louis. St. Louis. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That Saint was Louis one of the Rose. ones that flew under the radar while I was at the beach. My bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, the Nolan Ball up there. I. But yeah. Florida right. and Boston are definitely there as two of the losers. Kevin, do you got a third one or? Uh, I feel like Minnesota, besides bringing back Flurry, they didn't really do much. They don't really have the ability. No, yeah, exactly. All that dead cap space really kind of uh, and that, uh, kind of kills six, things. Like six million in Matt Dumba. Dumba. I think Seattle had a good good couple days. They got Shane Wright, Burakovsky. They got some players coming in. Yes. Seattle's going to be deep down the middle. Oh, without a doubt. Now they need to put – see, like Seattle really screwed the pooch, in my opinion. They didn't draft like the best players. <laughs> yeah. Like if Vladimir Tarasenko getting passes from Matty Beneers or um, Shane Wright would be kind of helpful for them for scoring goals. Like, they had the option to draft a bunch of players and, yes, help other teams in the cap department without sweeteners, but they could have turned around and traded those players at a retained salary for a haul and a half to help their team, and they didn't. They decided to go young and try to build a team in the future, and I don't know how well that works out. I mean, you see teams like Arizona, Buffalo, Edmonton for a while. I mean, like one of the guys who we thought was going to be their like top four defensemen, they just put on waivers and Hayden Flurry. Yeah, that would be a player that I would like to see. You know, I, a team like maybe Ottawa or New Jersey yeah, or Montreal I, pick up. Hayden Flurry, man. Like when I've watched him play, I always like think he looks good. But I, I obviously don't watch him a lot. It's like he just he when he's a talented guy. I remember his draft, like, and he was a talented guy, and I just don't. It just hasn't clicked. But I, I remember qualified big, his brother. Yeah, Kale Flurry. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of when looking at NHL players. I never was, but when we saw Vegas take so many guys who had done nothing in their careers and turn them into like semi-stars and have these guys play good. It showed to me that opportunity and coaching are very important with the guys who haven't been successful yet that have high talent levels. It's about mentally getting them to a place where they can excel. And I think he's a guy who could. I do. I agree. Uh, let's look Would, at some do of you think, Do you think Tarasenko is going to be on the move? He still hasn't rescinded his trade request from last year, so yeah, he's one year left at like eight mil. It's and the Blues are looking to move a lot of salary. They've got Krug right. on the market. They've got Tarasenko on the market. You know they're willing to listen on a couple of different players to see what they can do to make some more space. I feel like they have Corey Tug on the market. Who Corey Tug? <laughs> I'm missing. I'm missing the reference there. I replaced nice. the T in the K, so like Tory Coog, you know. Oh, Coog. gotcha. Tory okay. Yeah, sorry. And, I didn't really get that. Yeah, it's too early for that. <laughs> um, for the Blues, in my opinion, 
they just seem like a team who's trying to tread water and trying to tread water never works. No. Yeah. They got their cup. Yeah. I don't think they're getting another cup. They signed Robert Thomas that eight year contract. Eight year, eight million. I think that's a bit of an overpay. Yeah, he's had one good year, but if he can have that year every year, then it's only 23. Yeah, I'm big on you have to. So that's something that our Bruins luckily do. They make you earn the shit out of your money. Like you have to prove that you can do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, do it, and then do it eight more times before you're going to get that contract. Now, let me ask you this question because Tori Krug is on the market. Does this – Dude, Robert indicate- Thomas, I mean, just, just to come back, in four years he had – he had nine goals in 70 games, 10 goals in 66 games, three goals in 33 games, and he had 20 in 72. I'm not giving this guy $8 million a year for eight years. Nope. I'm Again, sorry. They let Billy Huso walk. Makes sense. I mean, he had 77 points, and I get it. That's great, but I'm not giving him that contract right now. No. So with Tory Krug being on the market, does this vindicate Sweeney for not giving him the bag? Letting him walk. So I think Sweeney's been vindicated by a lot of things. Do a lot tell. of things. I think you see Donato go to waivers. I think you see Frank Vetrano's move teams a few times. Even though I'd like that, Frank, but still these guys that, you know, when Chara left, Chara hasn't been able to find his footing or really he was not an impact player once he left the Bruins. Frank. Krug is impactful, but he has, he's getting a little overpaid. And, and I, I think the guys that Sweeney's let walk has been correct almost every time. Sweeney's so, not as bad of a GM as we make him out to be. He's just he like to bitch. That's for he sure. He is just not he doesn't make the big splashes that we want him to all the time. But we say yeah. that, but in the last two years, he brought in the best defenseman and the best offensive player twice at the trade deadline. We got we got Taylor Hall for Andres Bjork in a second round pick. We got Hampus Lindholm for a first and what a third? And got rid of John Moore's contract. Yeah, we got rid of a John first and two seconds. Two seconds, but that was to get rid of John Moore's contract. Like, I, I'm sorry, but Don Sweeney at the trade deadline's an assassin. He signs people the decent. Co- he resigns people well. The thing that I think that annoys me about the Lindholm contract is the two second round picks mixed in with Anaheim retained salary, and we didn't fucking use the cap space. Last yeah, that about I forty-five understand. minutes that before I, I had that to I couldn't under, that I couldn't understand. Yeah, that was the tough one for me. But like I would agree. Like the messages, like the Bruins have another deal in place, and we're like, it's Max Domi, and then Max Domi comes and he he throats us in Game Seven of the first round of the playoffs, and like, oh, it would have been nice if we had him on our team, and he wasn't throat yeah. punching us. Like I don't like like literally, Max Domi was the guy who came and kicked us in the throat and beat the Bruins. And now he is, I believe, a, a Chicago Blackhawk on a one-year Which is deal. just so interesting. It's like, hey, buddy, have fun there. <laughs> They'll trade him at the deadline. Yeah, though they signed they sign those guys to get second-round picks. They all the all the guys they signed were to flip at the deadline, which is smart. It's it was actually a smart move by them. They're gonna. It's the best way to stock up on draft capital is when you have guys who are willing to pay or play for you to pay them. You have yep. Hundred percent. Another thing I want to get into here. Another guy we think going to get moved. Patrick Kane. So. I know there were some quick rumors around the draft and on free agency that he had requested a trade. He hasn't done that yet. Um, I think Kane kind of wants to sit back and see. Kane is a guy who surprisingly, from what I've heard, values the ideal that he could play in Chicago for his whole career. 
and he is now starting to grapple with the reality of the fact that's probably not going to happen and he's going to have to go somewhere else. It's going to be a Claude Giroux-like situation where I think we see Kane moved around the deadline to the highest bidder. Um, 100%. It's just, it's not going to happen early. It's not going to happen in the next couple of weeks. It's going to be time before Kane figures out where he wants to play and he's going to do it his way. Well, the reality I also is, think that his contract has a huge piece to play with this. And here's here's a key. Here's a kicker to this. I have heard that Chicago, when they shop him, because he has a year left, is going to be more than willing. He has two years left on the deal. One year. This him and Taves both, both have this year. This year yeah. at ten and a half. Yeah, million. ten and a half. So here's the deal with that. I heard that if they were to move him early on they would be willing to retain a lot of the contract. 50%. Yeah. Yeah. That's the max, but they would be, willing and they to would probably have to bring back a contract as part of the deal. They're willing to do all that, but you will be paying for it, paying for it. They're going to get multiple first round picks when all things are said and done with Kane. Good for them. They need it. And it's the right way to handle it. See, but I will Kane will be able say... to be had by any team in the NHL. I think at the trade deadline. Anyone can come forward and get Kane that he wants to go, that he'll waive his no movement for, as long as you're willing to give up your first-round picks. The Colorado Avalanche and the New York Rangers. Yep, those are two teams that could do it. They really could do it. Kane puts either one of those teams right over the top. Patrick Kane is still a stud. Jonathan Taves, not so much. They're no longer comparable. You can't be like the Kane and Taves deal, the Kane and Taves situation, because Taves is nowhere near as good as Kane still is. Kane has not stepped back at all. Yeah. I mean Patrick Kane has five more years in the NHL as a stud. What's what's really funny is the Patrick Kane and the Jonathan Taves deal was the same thing that the Minnesota Wild tried to do with Zach Parise and Ryan Suter. And it ended up with egg all over their face. Because they were less talented players. Chicago was almost there. If Patrick Kane has about one more injury during that 10-year contract, you're probably talking about it the same way and how much of a miserable deal it was. It's just, I don't know. I mean, it's hard because Kane is just, he has so much more talent than those other guys we always talk about, and he always has. So, like, fair. I mean, in Kane's injuries, dude, like, he wasn't, he played 69, 61, 82, 82, 82, 81, 70, 56, 78. Those two, shoot, those two small numbers are short in seasons. He's been pretty healthy. His whole career, I mean, Kane, Kane's career, if we go through every year, 82, 80, 82, 73, 83, lockout, so 69, my, my point was kind of on the line of like a an Andre Kasha, right? Extremely skilled, very talented, top six winger, got one concussion, and then it all went downhill. I don't like think that, Kasha and Kane fairly to fairly to Patrick well, Kane. Well, skill wise, but what I'm saying is, like, if skill Patrick wise, Kane had Patrick gotten, Kane had know, more skill in his fingertip than Andre Kasha's ever even seen, I don't know that it's that drastic. To be honest with you, Patrick Kane is the most skilled player in the NHL. I think Andre Kasha, if he were healthy, is a 60 to 70 point player in the NHL. Really? Who's he playing for this year? I believe the Carolina Hurricanes signed him to a one-year deal. If he stays healthy the whole year and he gets 70 points, I'll remember that and give you some kudos. But So let me let me do this because I did this last Wager year around this money. time. 
Mark my words, the Carolina Hurricanes will win the Eastern Conference Final, and the New York Islanders will still miss the playoffs next year. I think the Islanders still miss the playoffs. I don't know if Carolina makes the Eastern, wins the Eastern Conference Final. I think Carolina is going to be a wagon. I think they're going to be really good. So but I think let, losing Tony D'Angelo about this. I think they lost some swag. No. They do. They lost the Prius. They lost some so swag, man. They lost Vinny Trocek. And Tony Max Domi. Yeah. And Tony D'Angelo. That's some swag right there. They, they some, added Brent Burns. Who does have some swag? Max Pacioretty. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. If he's that. healthy. I, I Andre Kasha. If he's healthy. Oh, Andre Kasha, if he's healthy. Yeah. Pacioretty has injury issues up the ass, too. Yeah. Semi, yeah. Well, no, a lot. I, I mean, for a future lot, consideration, okay. not bad. Oh, no, yeah. that was a good deal. And they got deal. Lorenz in that deal, too, who's a pretty good defensive prospect. Like, yeah. he will play meaningful NHL games. Let me just quickly go to the – Oh, that's a really big guy they have. Or no? Mm, Let me look at their lineup for a second. I think I'm missing one other signing. The, the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just think that Carolina, like, I don't know. I just don't. I still don't. I don't know. I guess that, I mean, really, though, they are one of the better teams in the East. I think that Toronto is still, like, my favorite to win the East right now. Like, they were my favorite last year, and they just couldn't get over the hump there. And here but me Matt out. Murray needs to be a lot better, I guess, than how I see him. Frederick Anderson wasn't healthy. No, I know. Last year for the Hurricanes. So they're going to get a bump there. Jake Gardner didn't play last year. Jake Gardner's trash, but. So even if he stays on LTIR, you know, with the way that things stand, they could have, you know, six to eight million dollars to play with the trade deadline. I'll see. Brent, I mean, Brent I'll... Burns is going to easily step in and run that top power play unit where oh, Tony D'Angelo did. Brent Burns is good still. He could play forward if they need him to. I mean, guys. I think that player. Brent Burns is an upgrade on Tony D'Angelo. Will he be in the long term? No. You're no. probably going to get two, maybe two to three more years out of him at best, and then it's going to start to fall off. Where obviously D'Angelo is younger, he'll be around for a while, but. I think that they yeah, Brent Burns is thirty seven, so two years might even be a big ass. But he still had, he still had fifty four points last year. Yeah, what a shitty ass team. Yeah, ten goals, forty four assists. I mean, Brent Burns is he's he's good defenseman. I don't I don't disagree with that. And I mean, Max Pacioretty is going to score you thirty goals as long as he stays on the ice. Which everybody in Vegas was hurt last year, so maybe there was some bad you know juju over there. But Max Pacioretty is going to score you 30 goals, and he's going to be a guy on your team. There wasn't and, enough rushing gas in Vegas. So Pacioretty last year, for full transparency, had 19, 19 goals, goals and 39 18 assists. in 39 games. Oof. So Sam Pacioretty doesn't have it would be live. 37 goal or thirty-seven points in 39, in 39 games. games. Yeah, no, he's not. Nearly I mean, a point per player. Point I've per never – like I would have loved the Bruins to trade future considerations away. Like future considerations – he like he has no upside, you know, and Patrick has all the upside. But... That was the best tweet. That was a good tweet. They yeah, so 
in my opinion, with all the horses, you know, running in this division, in this conference, I think Carolina is going to the Eastern Conference Final and they'll win it and they'll go to the Cup. That's my pick out of the East. Only if they resign Ethan Bear. Nah. <laughs> I'll give my pick. I'm not going to give my pick yet. I need to let me get closer to training camps and I see the lineups and I can really get the vibe. And I see who tears their ACL. I'll then give my picks. That's how I'm I think, too. I think it's going to be the, the first round matchup that everybody's going to be mad about next year is going to be the Rangers in Carolina. Oh, that would be two shitty fan bases on Twitter. And New York picked up Vinny Trocek at the, the free agency. So they're going to be deep. They're going to be good. At the free agency. The free agency. And then, of course, you got uh, the New York Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins, which is basically like two nursing homes duking it out. The Penguins, they made a lot of moves. Yeah, they traded away John Marino, a young defenseman, and went ahead and traded for Jeff Petrie, who's older. Real great when you're trying to transition past, you know, Malkin, Crosby, Raquel, Latang. But they did bring like back the, both goaltenders. I like the trade, though, for jerseys, getting Marino to go in there. That was a good trade. New Jersey could be could be that guy this year. And we're all yeah. rocking Jack Hughes jerseys. Yeah, I, I actually like New Jersey. New Jersey's not a team that I hate at all. They're really not. But, um... I, I feel like this is dragging here, boys. I think it, I think it's time to wrap it up. Wrap it up. I think this was a good episode. Good episode thirty-two. I think we'll be back next week, maybe the week after, to give a more uh, kind of dog days of summer update. I think we'll name it that, the dog days of summer. Um, it's kind of wraps up this super jam-packed bunch of information, time in hockey, and then now we got to kind of move towards development camp, move towards projecting some lineups and things like that, which should be fun. Um, and we're just going to keep everything going. So. Give us all a follow on Twitter. Check out the merch. Check out InsideTheRink.com for all of your – everything you need right now. Free agency updates, team projections, draft updates, everything. Kevin's Inside articles. the Rink's got it all. Kevin's articles, Matt Barry's articles, all the guys' articles. We'll get it all moving right now. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh-huh.